When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? We are back. I'm here with Grifka. Grifka, what's going on my man? Just uh, waiting for the final preseason game to be finished so I can really think about uh, the season. This uh, roadblock of Cleveland Browns is, uh, you know, just really hampering my uh, hype for football. I was going to say, you're waiting on the fourth preseason game. Why? But you're waiting for it to be over. I hear you there. No yeah. doubt about it. So uh, we got a lot on the docket today, Grifka. So we're going to jump right in like we normally do. And uh, we're just going to start off here with some news and notes, kind of catch everybody up to where we were last week where we left off. So um, starting out with that Tampa Bay preseason game three, it's supposed to be the dress rehearsal. We're supposed to see the starters more than we had in the past. Uh, give me some of your, your quick hit thoughts and just in general things that maybe jumped out to you, a player you were excited about, or did you absolutely? To be perfectly honest with you, I went to bed before that game was over. There was seven minutes <laughs> left in it. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I got tired of watching it. Then I got up this mo- the next morning, I saw that they come back and won. I'm like, great. Now I'm going to have to find the NFL Network, check the last ten minutes out of that game. But anyways, <laughs> I, I know from before – we had talked about this, about preseason football, and don't get me wrong, I'll take a win as a win, but that game was our crappy guys are better than your crappy guys. That's what it was. And even <laughs> right, That's an old, that's a gr- gimmick, uh, Grifka gimmick bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, now you said that uh, you've been on that for a while. <laughs> and, but the worst part about it was there was points where their crappy guys were better than our starters. So yeah. to be perfectly honest with you, that game, it got me worried. I don't know. What, from watching the broadcast, it sounded like, even Tampa Bay was doing a little more than, you know, than a regular preseason game. And, you know, just with blitzes and what their offense was doing, that just wasn't, you know, the basic run-of-the-mill stuff. Um, it looked like even the Lions, you know, ran a few more blitzes, tried a few more things. But, you know, it was nice to see, you know, you know Stafford go down and lead him to a field goal. But that, that defense, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they, they made him look like, you know, a Hall of Famer. Jameis Winston comes in to hang. I mean, the defense couldn't get off the field. Uh, Nevin Lawson, that guy, should had just had his jersey pulled right after the game and said, hey, "Here's a bus ticket to <laughs> to your home." I mean, that guy, like like you mentioned, like you mentioned in the podcast going into that game, Nevin Lawson was talking all oh, he wanted to play more. It's like, dude, yeah, you you played more and you got played. I mean, you got beat by the what their fourth wide receiver, fifth wide receiver on a touchdown in the third corner, and he just looked terrible. I mean, I'm starting to think we're in real trouble if Nevin Lawson is our second-best cornerback, and he had eight tackles. I mean, and he wasn't coming up to stuff the run. No, those were on passes, and he was the only one out there to make the tackle. You know, so that was one of those things where watching that defense get sliced up by those guys, and it, it it looked like Detroit did even a little more game planning in it 
but they looked awful terrible. And then Matt Patricia, right before the halftime, what the heck are you thinking? I mean, really, I mean, he's running down the clock. I'm like, call timeout, call timeout, call timeout, call timeout. And then he eventually calls one to give, uh, you know, Matt Prater a chance at what, like a 62 yarder in Tampa Bay off wet grass and humidity. I'm just thinking, what's this all about? And that, that thing was 15 yards short. And then they're talking about it like, well, you know, they did practice that in practice, you know, just in case ever that was to happen in a game. It's just like, so you're going to try it in a preseason game to see if your guys can tackle somebody so they don't run it back for a touchdown. And they didn't. So that game, that game made me worry, to be honest with you. Yeah, fine, we took the win, and Jake Rudock let him down for the W, and Brian Powell had that punt return for a touchdown, and that's how we ultimately, how the Lions ultimately won. But that defense making those quarterbacks look that good. And I know we had talked about they have some weapons, but – I mean, Ronald Jones running over on him. I mean, Mike Williams got hurt, so he left. But they made, you know, Deshaun Jackson. Like, I, I realize he's fast and all, but that guy's lost a step or two, and he's still running away from Lions defensive backs. And it's just I, – I was pretty disappointed. That's like I said. That's why I went to bed. <laughs> all right. I got to jump in on you here. I can't I can't do the 10-minute solo from you, but I want to I wanna respond to some things you said. First off, um, we are the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, so all the people out there are expecting us to be living and dying with every play. With that being said, I did exactly what you did. I fell asleep late in the uh, – early in the second half. I woke up. I found out they won. I was like, oh, I got to pull the game up and see what happened. What did I see? Jake Rudock kind of throwing some nickel and dimers to win the game for us. So we're we're on the same boat there. I mean, we are absolute diehard Lions fans, but that just shows how terrible the NFL preseason is. So that's first off. Second off, a guy that you mentioned, he's on here on my notes in big, bold print, Nevin Lawson was absolute garbage. I, I didn't rewind the tape to actually count them, but I remember during the first quarter going, is that like the sixth straight ball that's been thrown on Nevin Lawson? Like every time a ball would be completed, it would be 24, like a yard or two behind. And then, like you said, pushing him out of bounds, missing a tackle. He, he was the worst. I'd never seen a guy get picked on so bad uh, again, again, and again. It's like, it wasn't like Nevin Lawson you know, for two catches on him and then maybe another guy. It was like, it was literally, if I went back and counted, I want to say there was six to seven balls completed on this one player over and over again. I mean, he just had terrible coverage. That's just inexcusable. So that was another thing. And then the third one, I'll just, I'll just hit on what you hit on. This Matt Patricia end of half. Like, I'm trying to figure out what you could even be thinking from start to finish. So first of all, you know, we, we kind of puts our way along as far as an offense. And, and we make, I think it was one good pass to Theo to get kind of to the middle of the field. We have three timeouts, no sense of urgency from, I don't even put this on the coach. That's Matt Stafford. Like you're the quarterback. I know it's preseason, but he looked like he wasn't in any rush to do anything. He didn't get his players lined up. He wasn't was just kind of going through the motions. So that's first off. Second off, when you get that first down, what are you going to take all these timeouts in your pocket? Like, why are we not calling a timeout or at the very worst spiking a football? You know, when we had a first down, we just sat there, let 25 seconds run off. And then, like you said, the field goal was so dumb. I don't mind like giving my field goal kicker a long try if, if that's what you want to kind of see where his range is. But like you said, terrible weather, the ball was way short. And then if you practice that play, you sure didn't practice it very well because, I mean, it was an absolute uh, NFL Follies video watching our huge linemen just 
did you see Don Muehlbach like dive just for the sake of diving? Yeah, and he, he was made, like that was, was that like was three that yards was, away. That was for the film right there. So when they're watching the game the next day, it's like, Coach, I tried, man, I dove for his feet. Like, yeah, okay. that was like that was like I I need to turn my jersey into the laundry guys to show that I like did something. So I let me get this grass stain real quick, and that's all it was because that was not a tackle attempt to save my life. So that that was just embarrassing in the half. I mean, what they did in the second half to me, nobody jumped out other than Brandon. Powell I thought he you know at the second half every time I was looking up he was making a little catch or moving the sticks but I mean I'm taking nothing good away again I mean what Matt Stafford have two three completions that looked decent that was about it Um, nothing wowed me there I didn't see anything from our other skill guys and the defense just was ho-hum again so I thought it was another lackluster performance again preseason so I'm not putting too much stock in it but uh you know, like you say, we we got to move through these pretty quick. But those are my responses to your takes, and just uh, we're basically on the same page. But man, uh, chalk it up as another very lackluster game. Yep. So with that being said, Grifco, the other uh, item catching up on the news, uh, bringing in Eli Harold on a trade. Uh, former, I want to say first rounder. Is that right? No, I don't think he was a first rounder for him. I think he was like a third. Was he a third? I thought he was a late. Uh, I'll pull it up here. Um, maybe he had first round like talent and then slipped to the third or something like that. But um, I liked the name when I heard it, especially outside backer, you know, that kind of has some blitz ability and whatnot. What was your thoughts that trade? I, I like the trade um, from what I've known about the guy. It sounds like he's, you know, underperformed a little bit since he's come in the league. But um, I mean, he is a guy he's supposed to be uh, from what I've read about him. He's uh, he should be able to put his hand in the dirt, um, you know, pretty quick. Uh, maybe able to set the edge, and I know them. The Lions have had a trouble, a lot of trouble with that the last couple of years. Seem like, you know, setting the edge. We've seen that already in the preseason. So I mean, if it's a guy that uh, the Lions want and they uh, feel that uh, he'll help the defense, especially getting to the quarterback and some speed at outside linebacker, you know, I'm pretty happy with the trade. And I guess what they have what two weeks or something like that to decide if they if they keep him then they lose the conditional seventh round or they can give them back and they get their seventh round pick back or something like that. I believe that's how that trade works out. But um, I'd like to yeah. trade. Yeah, just conditional seventh so they can not keep him and really it was just a trial run or, you know, he could turn out to be something. But I saw some interviews from him. I liked him. I just verified, yeah, he was a third rounder. But I remember him coming out uh, in the draft. He had some buzz as far as a he's like 240 pounds uh, as a pass rusher, linebacker type of guy. So that seems to be like what our scheme is going to be now, those type of guys. Uh, and like I say, even if he just plays behind Devin Kennard and adds some depth and is another athlete out there, I, I don't mind it one bit. So I was pretty happy with that move. Just, again, a really low level, but maybe a sneaky move to look at. But Grifka, we've got to talk about the big news last week. Sunday night at 8 o'clock, I saw it at about 10 o'clock, the news broke that Khalil Mack was in Detroit. It was from a, a just a – well-known source, a random limo driver to some jabron on 97.1, Dan Leach, who breaks the news like it was coming from the Pentagon. Uh, I, I, I sent it out to you fellows just as a, uh, as a half joke, but I was half uh, just praying that there was some substance to it because I just want Cleo Mack so bad. Uh, what'd you think, Grifka, when he showed up in that limo? Pretty good, huh? Uh, you mean... Uh... 
the the fake story that he wasn't in town. I mean, oh yeah, he come. I mean, when I saw that, I'm just like, oh really? And then I was like, yeah, I don't know if I believe this. I mean, this sounds like too good to be true, and this totally goes against the Lions' mo of actually, you know, really wanting a stud defense, stud on defense. So um, when you sent that to me, I was like, wow, really? I was I was surprised. I'm like, yeah, maybe this is a new regime. We're actually gonna you know trade something to get you know probably one of the best defenders in the league. But then I started to think about it. I'm just like, nah, man, that ain't happening. You know, so, you know, I, like like you said, I, I, some random limo driver is, you know, starting rumors. But, uh, I mean, it would have been nice if it would have happened. But uh, I, I didn't uh, I didn't think it was true. Yeah, terrible, like, just terrible, uh, like, reporter etiquette. But the thing I thought is, like, that guy's not really a reporter. He's just trying to get clicks and trying to get some buzz, which it did. It was on, like, a bunch of news outlets. So... Uh, to me, I don't have a huge issue with it, except for the like integrity of the actual person that put it out. You know, that's you know, if you have any, we can put something like that out, and it would be no big deal. But you know, these people that are in the newspapers or in the sports radio have to be a little more careful. So it was a little, you know, um, kind of bush league that way. The other thing, though, I want to ask before we move on to our last kind of news and notes and get into our main topics today is. Uh, Grifka, do you ever think the Lions are going to man up and actually make a big-time swing? Or are they just always with, with, you know, again, big big Bob Quinn supporter, kind of still like what he's building. But is Bob Quinn at some point going to take a big swing, in either in free agency, trade, whatever it may be? Or do you think he's just going to draft, try to draft well and nickel and dime these mid-tier guys? If he's trying to build like the Patriots, I think he's just going to nickel and dime. I mean, do the Patriots ever really go out and just make like this huge splash in free agency? It just never seemed but, that way. I mean, hold on, hold on. But it's not, I'll say no, like because of like back in the day, like you didn't see big money signings, but you did see them go out and get players that were either on the outs with their team or former first rounders that didn't work and other people that did pan out for the Patriots or did work. You know, they took some swings and Randy Moss was a big swing when they took it as far as everybody thought he was done. And he ended up breaking the, breaking the record. You know, they've taken some other guys like, uh, who was it? Um, who's the guy for the uh, Raiders? Seymour. Remember when they took him? Oh, they traded. That, that, they that, traded that was a big Seymour. swing. They they got rid of Richard Seymour a year before he was, uh, he, he was one of those guys that get right. They got rid of him a year before, as opposed to a, re, a year after. You know, he was one of those guys, Richard Seymour. And Richard Seymour went out to Oakland, had had a, a few good years with with Oakland yet. I mean, so I don't know if they misread that one, you know, per se. But, I mean, you're right. They've done it with, like, Corey Dillon at running back when, you know, he was kind of on the outs of Cincinnati. And I believe they did it. You know, they took a swing with Roosevelt Colvin at outside linebacker, and he was coming off an injury. You know, and Colvin had a couple good years for him. And you're right. They've done that. But, I mean, if that's the way Bob Quinn's going to look at it, and that, you know, that could lead us into our next topic I believe we're going to talk about. But um, that uh, I, I don't see them, you know, trading away a whole bunch of stock, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, either players or picks to go get a Khalil Mack or somebody like that. I mean, I, I can see him wait until Khalil Mack, you know, is on his last couple legs. And it's like, oh, yeah, now we get him. People get hyped about it saying, oh, wow, we got Khalil Mack. It's like, yeah, that would have been a great pickup five years ago. But it seems like if that's what – if he's – going to try to follow the Patriot way I, I could see it more like they're not going to dive in and go uh 
go go big go big splash and everything's just going to be you know we're going to sap the last couple of years of football out of you or we're going to build through the draft see see i'm on the other side of the coin like i think up to now it's been a lot of you know cheap signings building depth kind of trying to draft well all that kind of thing i think bobby quinn's got a couple big swings in his pocket and a couple big big plays i just don't know when he's going to do it but to me we only got a two to four year window right now to win big with this quarterback with the actual skill guys and the and the pl- kind of team construction we have before it's both a rebuild on the fly or a kind of changing of the guard with the well, team and to be honest so i think it's time to go get somebody well, big if they come available like and, Khalil max not coming available any other time right and i believe like so, you know bob quinn he has a shelf life I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, okay, you came here, you're supposed to turn this around. I mean, we were, you know, everybody's like, we were close, man. We were 9-7. and seven. We were game out of the playoffs. We made the playoffs the year before with Jim Caldwell. You got rid of him. It's one of those things where he has a shelf life. So if this team takes like a step back, it's like, oh, they, you hear all this stuff. They have such a hard schedule. You know, I've, I've seen some predictions where they're going like 5-11. and 11. I mean, It's one of those things, if they go 5-11, and 11, I mean, there's going to be fans that are going to be up in arms wondering what's going on here. You know, it's like you brought in your coach. You know, these are supposed to be your guys that you wanted to bring in. You signed Devin Kennard. You signed Christian Jones. I mean, the guy has a shelf life. So you're right. Maybe it's one of those things where he does need to make a splash and go get a Khalil Mack or something like that to show it's just like, okay, we're, we're on the cusp here. We're going to try to get, you know, the final piece of the puzzle. See, but that's you, Grifka, who's going to be the guy up in arms if they have a terrible year. Like, I'm a guy that, you know, Bob Quinn to me, he came in. He, like, kept Jim Caldwell. He's been building for two years on getting rid of the players that can't cut it in the NFL. And he brought in his guy now. So, like, I'm expecting or hoping for a good year, but I'm also, like, real to the point that it may take a year or so for uh, Patricia to get a system and his guys going and get all that figured out. So I have a little more patience probably than you or maybe some so, other people wait, will. But... Are you trying to tell me you'd be fine if this team went 5-11? and 11? Yeah, I was just talking to some buddies the other day saying, like, what what if this team won six six games or less? And they were, you know, would you go freak out or would you just understand that they're both still building or maybe it's uh maybe it's just not it didn't all come together like we like we hoped and they were kinda you know, we were split on it. But I, I was definitely more on the you know, I don't I hope it doesn't happen, I don't see it happening, but if it did, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't be one of those guys with the pitchforks saying Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia can't coach. No way. But anyway, back to the point about Khalil Mack. Like my point is that this guy, a player like this, not only doesn't become available much, but I'm pretty sure by giving away some decent contracts, <clears throat> you could afford a guy like this as the centerpiece of your defense. So if they don't do this move, What's going to be the next one that we'll be in the in the making for that we could do? Because I feel like Cleo Max, a Detroit type of guy too. Like he went, what was he at Buffalo in college? Yeah, he's he uh, at Buffalo. He's a he's a kind of no nonsense, hardworking, tough. Like you you uh, went classic Grifka and comp- uh, compared him to a Lawrence Taylor, which to me that actually does fit. He is that type of player, and uh, so that's why I'm just saying like this passes us by when and if we get another chance, when are we going to pull the trigger? Because I don't feel like we've made a big move. I can't even remember the last semi-big move the Lions have made via trade. It's always been these nothings. That was, so that I, was, I'm just that waiting been, for him to swing. That would have been what, 
Pat Swilling when we gave up. I don't even know if you were a Lions fan at that time. If you remember that Pat Swilling trade, where we gave All up right. we gave up our first round pick for Pat Swilling, and the New Orleans Saints took Willie Rofe. So uh, that one, everybody right. every, that one, everybody like you know you know shakes their head at you know, but you know it's that's one of those things that you said. It's just like we need a pass rusher. Uh, they uh, went and traded for Pat Swilling, and they misused Pat Swilling. So, but then the New Orleans Saints got Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. So. And my, and my thing though is just, you know, I don't know. I feel like I always get discouraged when I bring something up like a big player, and you and all of my other friends are like, "Ah, they'll never do that." I'm like, can't wait for the time when they surprise us all and they do do it and it works out. Because the only thing I can remember again, the slowing was a bit before my my day, but. Um, you know, Julian Peterson back in the day was kind of a trade that came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, this guy's a pass rusher. And he was a total flop. You know what I mean? This yeah. guy on the back end of his career, I don't even know why we um, made a move for a player like that. He didn't fit our scheme or anything. Like, other than that, every trade we ever made is like these, oh, he might be a good second corner or third corner. Hey, he might be a backup defensive tackle. It's like, like we got to start, if we're going to make plays for people, it's got to be starters or it's got to be impactful guys. And, and you do win in the NFL and long-term via the draft, but all the good teams that win, just look at the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. They didn't just draft and sit there. They went out and got some free agents. They had made some good draft picks. They have cultivated some good draft picks. And then you win a Super Bowl. You don't just sit there and and never make a big move and think it's just going to find you. You got to go out and be a little bit bold. Look at what LA's doing. The uh, Rams this year. They're going out acquiring people to add to what they already have to try to win one. That's what I want to see. I soon. I agree with you on that. I really do. But it just seems like the Lions won't do that. I don't know why. Maybe, oh, we'll be hit with a salary cap, you know, or. <clears throat> or they or they won't, they... and they haven't. They won't, and they haven't, but they they need to, and when the time is right. And I feel like this is one of those times where it would make a ton of sense. It would just cost you some dough. But if you give away the right people, it's not like you're going to add $22 million to the books to get Mac. You're going to add, like, 10 or 12 because right. you're going to be given back like eight right. or and, 10 and at least. You're, lo- you're, you're probably going to lose Ziggy after this year anyway. So, you know, big deal, right. you know, I mean, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm there with you. I mean, I just yeah. don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. So too bad he wasn't in that limo. I was hoping for a press conference by midweek. Didn't happen. Um, I pretty much knew it was bogus as well when I read it. But uh, like you say, there's definitely a bit of hope in me that uh, one of these times where I read a rumor or I hear something, it does come to fruition. We add a blue chip player here in Detroit because, man, we need it. So with that being said, Grifka, our final topic. Um, this should – we'll probably do a deep dive. Uh, Ayers signed uh, on Tuesday, released on Wednesday. Your thoughts? <laughs> I was uh, – <laughs> I, I, I got laugh about it. I mean, right. what, what, what happened there? I mean, it was just like one of those things, man. It's just like, you know, I saw that, hey, Robert Harris, I mean, because we talked about this on a prior podcast. You're bringing one of those guys that's showing it's on, you know, their their last leg, and they still got a little bit of juice left in the tank. You bring him in to show, you know, some people some, you know, some of their moves and stuff. And I'm like, that's what I thought this, what the signing was. I'm like, okay, I'm fine with it. They're obviously, they realize that, you know, the pass rush isn't there. They got one sack this preseason. They're obviously not getting to the quarterback, but, you know, uh, 
I was okay with it. And then I, I read the next day. I, you know, flipping through it and, you know, come across like the 12 o'clock. I'm on lunch and I get to, you know, go to the Detroit Free Press, you know, and they're like, Lions release errors. I'm just like, what? What? <laughs> I'm just like, what, what's going on here? And it, it's just all I could think of was just like, did he, did he get here and realize, you know, I'm done with football. I just don't want to do it anymore. I mean, I know that rumors out there he didn't pass his physical and, or maybe he just didn't have the heart for it anymore. But I, I, when they signed him, I was okay with it. And then when they released, I'm like, gosh, a day later. And it had to be something because they're totally not answering these questions. I mean, they had their, um, was it that, was it the Detroit football club had their luncheon at the Rensen today. And that question was asked to Bob, to Bob Quinn, you know, and he, he totally bypassed it. And, you know, I guess it was a two part question. He totally skipped the Robert Ayers part and just answered the other part. So yeah. obviously Ayer, I'm thinking Ayers got here and said, man, I'm done with football. I don't want to do this anymore. And just decide <laughs> to go, you know, that's, that's all I can think. Well, I, I think we should take the Bob Quinn uh, approach, Grifka, and just skip this question because uh, I don't have anything to say on this. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was maybe a decent signing, and then you know, oh well, he's gone. You know what happened to me really doesn't make a difference. You know, it looks kind of bad, and everyone's goofing on us as an organization. But you know, he wasn't going to make or break our team. It's just weird to see a guy come in and out. You know, before you can blink your eyes. So, again, uh, we've said enough on him. Hopefully, that doesn't happen ever again. But uh, you know, uh, what do we say? Uh, Godspeed. You know, uh, move along uh, to the next guy. Yeah. So, with it, with that being said, Griffith, we definitely still need some D line help. So I'm sure they'll be on the lookout. But uh, he definitely was not the guy. Whatever the reason was. So uh, getting into our main topics, that was kind of our news and notes for the day, catching you guys up in the week of Lions news, which uh, pretty busy week with all those different things coming up and kind of going on. And we're getting real close to the season. So Grifka, what I thought we'd do on the main part of the podcast today was just talk about some of the main position groups and players as we lead into game four, kind of um, who you think before this game, you know, is going to make the team in certain spots and maybe a couple guys you'll have your eye on. Um, for the parts that we do watch this final game, and can they make a difference? Can they not sound good? Yeah, that works. So the first spot I had up uh, on my list here was running back. I feel like we've talked about it a lot. After three preseason games, who's Grifka keeping in that backfield when it's time for cut-down day? Uh, Blunt, carry-on, Theo Riddick. Fourth one. Gosh. I I mean, I, I guess Amir, considering the other ones really haven't shown me a whole lot either. But yeah. I'm still not a huge fan of Amir. What's really leaving a bad taste in my mouth is just that that fumble where, you know, he didn't even really have the handoff and he just put the ball on the turf. I mean, it's, it's stuff like that that just makes me scared of that guy. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. the first three, yeah. The fourth one, I guess it, I guess it would be Amir because really the other guys – they don't put a whole lot of, they don't strike a whole lot of fear in me either. Yeah. And they're with you. Like, uh, you know, I've been trying to stick up for Amir, but I've been hearing a lot of buzz that he's, he's not going to make that bubble. He's going to, he's going to be booted for a guy like, uh, I was hearing an argument today about why Nick Ballore would make it, you know, special teams. He's can play a little linebacker if you need him to, blah, blah, blah. I was like, 
you know, I don't know. I mean, I still like this team having a fullback. I just hate Nick Ballore, you know, for the most part. And uh, Bodden's obviously out. So, uh, you know, again, I would lean towards the talent. But, again, the NFL roster, you definitely have to consider special teams and a few other things. So you got to fill out that roster. But I guess I'll be rooting for Amir to make it if we since we can't deal him, I guess. But – I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't make the bubble. So um, receiver, what do you, what are you seeing there? We got a couple guys at the bottom uh, end of that, um, that ro- roster spot. You know, I got some stats here in front of me. We got Powell who's had a heck of a preseason, 15 catches, 99 yards. He had the punt return for a touchdown. He's got an 18.2 yards per punt return average. You got Teo Redding, who I talked up before the preseason started. He's he's only had three catches, 36 yards, really hasn't flashed like they said he was doing in practice. So that'll be like, what are the coaches valuing? He hasn't showed up in the games, but I still am hearing practice reports that he's making plays pretty consistently. And then we got your boy, Chase Billingsley, five catches, 40 yards. Hasn't done anything really to catch my eye. What say you, Grifka, on the receivers uh, kind of – deal with those three particular do do any of them make it or what do you think well i think the one that would have the best chance of making it would probably be powell i mean but he's one of those guys once again i mean he you know he can do kickoff and punt returns but lions already have guys that can do kickoff and punt returns i mean is is he going to be that much better i guess that he doesn't really play and he's not a gunner on special teams or anything like that um he might lose out to actually, I mean, we all know who the, the top four are. And then uh, I said, what, the fifth one? I mean, one guy who's actually, I, I'm not sure was receiving stats, but I guess the guy, you know, was just, you know, a monster on special teams. You know, as a gunner doing really well. Is that, that was Bradley Marquez is his name? I think I think that's who it is. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be the guy that Powell would lose out to. But I think Powell's at that thing. He's, what, he's the undrafted free agent. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, so if he clears waivers, I could see the guy going on scout team, you know, them trying to hide him on scout team, but I, I don't know if I'd be able to do that, but and just, he's kind of one of those guys like, yeah, he's fast, but he doesn't do anything else besides, you know, kick off and, you know, punt return, which the Lions already have a few guys like that. So I guess it comes down to, you know, if they keep a mirror, cause a mirror can kick off return and you know Agnew is gonna gonna do that the guy was all pro you know for Pete's sake I mean I can't see him taking they taking him away from that so I mean Redding like you said Redding really hasn't put up any stats Jace Billingsley he's just not getting balls in, in games from what we from what I've seen so I mean if if we're just talking about those three it'd be Powell but I still I don't know I still have him maybe not making it as a as a you know as a favorite like I said the Bradley Marquez guy so here's my take on that. Like, you know, my thoughts already on TJ Jones, like to me, before I throw it to you, I'm personally ready. Almost. I know like TJ Jones is a lock to make this roster to me. I just go by the eye test sometimes. And what I've seen from Powell to me has been more explosive and more intriguing than a guy like TJ Jones, who's just kind of there makes a play, maybe two plays a year. And that's about it. So, I'd be I'd be ready to almost move on from TJ Jones and, and take a, a a play on a guy like this Powell. I mean, he came from Florida. He had production. He's looked really good in almost every preseason game. 
he's a slot receiver. You know, to me, he's not just a returner. He's a he's a guy you can put in the slot and help move the chains and make those little underneath catches, have some quickness and shiftiness. So, you know, to me, I'm, I'm like considering Powell as a fifth. But like, if I really want to get aggressive, you know, I would think about making him. You know that that fourth or trying to upgrade my fourth with another cut guy that gets cut and then maybe keep Powell on the roster. But I think the guy makes the team. I mean, I think you, if you're picking from those three, I read off, he's definitely the guy. And then I don't know if there's anybody else that really, if they're going to keep that extra receiver to me, he's the guy. Yeah. I mean, I can see it happening, but uh, like you're saying, he's making these plays. I guess my thing is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not, you know, the biggest, you know, I'm not a big TJ Jones fan either, but I think the guy's only, I, th- you love him. I, I think he's another guy, but um, you love his haircut and everything. Yeah, really. I mean, I had him sign your helmet and everything, even though you oh. think it's Darius Slay, but, um, <laughs> um, I guess what level of competition is, is Powell doing it against? And I know that's the hard thing in the preseason, you know, it, it kind of runs into that, you know, you know, it, I kind of want to go back to the Oz Akeem signing. It's just like, Oh, Oz Akeem's awesome. Yeah. He was like, he was the fourth wide receiver on that Rams team. And yeah, he was fast. And now you're trying to put a fourth wide receiver, number one, right. You know, Powell's doing this against guys that aren't even going to make the team. If you try to bring him up playing against, you know, you know, the starting Nick, the nickel or something like that, you know, I mean, is he still going to have the same explosiveness? Is he still going to be able to do that? So, I mean, I guess that's my only question is, you know, is what level of competition is he doing that? You know, I mean, if he makes the team, I completely understand because he's just throwing up mad stats. But it seems like this we talked about this earlier. You, you always see those guys that just throw up mad stats. They don't make the team. And everybody's like, why don't they bring them back? Well, the guy's a free agent. Obviously, he couldn't have been that good because nobody else wanted him. So, I mean, I think they could hide him on, on the practice squad. And then when somebody gets injured, I mean, because it'll happen, you know, he'll, he'll be one of those guys that comes up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, sounds good. Uh, we got a bunch still more to get through, so let's kind of go through these pretty quick. Quarterback, we got three guys to talk about, you know, the two that are on that chopping block. Like, uh, where are you, where you leaning, Rudock or Castle right now? I'm thinking it's going to be Matt Castle. I mean, yeah, Rudock led that touchdown drive, but like we talked, I think he's doing more of a, you know, dink and dug, you know, check down Charlie type thing. So I think uh, Patricia's going to be more more comfortable with Matt Castle. Okay, that's what you think will happen. What would Griff could do? Me, I'd probably go with Matt Castle. Okay, I'm. Uh, I'm not a huge fan I, of him, but I would between those two, I'd go with Castle. Yeah, I'll be real quick on this. I'm actually leaning back towards uh, keeping Rudock, but also like being real, like eyes wide open on seeing who gets cut and if there's a, another quarterback that's better than him. Consider like bringing him in, depending on if he has similarities with the scheme, but I could definitely go another year with, uh, with Rudock, just see, you know, if he's, if he's coming along at all and then make the decision after this year. So I'm kind of pulling and hoping for Rudock, but I think that they're both terrible and uh, we need to kind of upgrade that backup quarterback, which you talked about before. Um, D line, we got a couple guys here. Let me look at, uh, I wrote a couple names down. So, to me, I heard some rumblings the other day that Kerry Hyder is a guy that might need to be on the cut bubble. I really haven't seen anything from him. I don't know if it's because of him coming back from the injury or if the scheme doesn't fit him, but that was a name I had down. And, uh, you know, to me, I don't know where these guys like Val Laga and uh, some of these later led better that we drafted. I mean, you think all of these guys make the team or what do you think? I don't know. From what I'm reading right now, the guy – 
that maybe like the last D lineman that we keep would be led better. And like I said, I, I read the same thing about Kerry Hyder, and I'm kind of, like I said, I know we talked about this before. He might be just a guy. He might have just had that one year. And everybody's like, oh, Kerry Hyder's great. But um, from what I'm reading, it's like it's almost like Ledbetter's the guy. And you're right. I mean, I, I would feel for Kerry Hyder because that injury really sapped his career then, and which is really too bad. Because, you know, yeah, I mean, he obviously played with a chip on his shoulder and got where he was at. But from what it, what it sounded like, you're right. It sounds like he's, he might probably might not, might not make, make the team and uh, might be led better than the guy they keep. Yeah, see, I mean, I agree that the injury hurt Hyder, but I don't think even if healthy, he doesn't really – he's a smaller end that kind of, you know, he can't move around from, like, linebacker. He's just kind of a rush end that's not as big, has a little bit of burst. So I think he's just kind of odd man out maybe because of scheme. I do like his uh, personality and just kind of like his want to, but I just don't think he fits maybe. And then I'm with you. I think Ledbetter – or Val Lager, the guy, but, you know, these guys like Barrett, this defensive end who had a couple flashes, like there's going to be a lot of those guys that are going to be gone that we kind of either spent a late pick on or picked up as undrafted and given them a year and, and they're probably just going to be out the door. So I think a lot of those guys that are on the bubble will probably get the boot. And then the other thing I was talking uh, with some friends about was, um, I'm so curious to see where Ashawn ends up because to me, he's had a terrible preseason. I don't know if it's, attitude or skills or what but I don't know where he falls on both the depth chart I feel like he'll be starting come Monday night but if he doesn't produce I could see him falling down the depth chart and just being a really kind of backup rotational piece if he just doesn't make any strides this year and that's that's sad to see so he's not a cut casualty but he's somebody to uh, keep our eye on yeah I agree with you on that what um Tight ends, we don't have many to talk about, but a lot of rumblings about, oh, you know, maybe uh, they cut Michael Roberts. You know, he hasn't looked, he hasn't been so great. Like, to me, that's a bunch of garbage. One, because we don't know what's going on with Luke Wilson. You spent a fourth, fifth round pick on this guy. And to me, yeah, he's been up and down. But to me, there's no way you, you cut and give up on a guy like that already. Like, it just... It just doesn't make sense, I don't think. So, uh, you know, is there a tight end you're moving on from or are you just rolling with those, like, three or four guys and trying to hope that you can get by this year? Uh, the guy I, like, really liked so far this preseason was that uh, that Akeem Velez. I mean, that guy, I mean... that. Hold on, like... though. When you say really likes, I had a bunch of buddies who were like, oh, this Velez guy. And I, like, to me, this guy is just... An, he's a He's another guy that... Yeah, I don't mind him making the roster and you having a role for him, but let's not get over our shoes and think this guy's gonna consistently make plays every week in the NFL. Like hey man, that guy, that guy was making catches with like the first team. I mean, he's out there running against first team defenses and he's he's hauling the ball and he's blocking pretty good. I mean, he's I've seen him make better catches than you know your boy Mike Roberts, Mister Big Hands. I mean, so let's not be like saying you're oh just because we drafted a guy in the fifth round means we need to hang on to him. I mean, if a guy's not producing, the guy's not producing. And if a guy's out there catching the ball and blocking people, I'll keep that guy. Like I said, in my tight end, I'm not looking for a tight end to lead you to the Super Bowl. I just, I'm just i looking for a tight end who can move, catch the ball and move the sticks. And that's what Velez has done this preseason. I haven't seen Mike Roberts do that at all. I mean, I, I know you're the, you know, the king of the uh, you know, Mike Roberts bandwagon, 
But let, you know, like you said, let's not be getting over our shoes here, thinking Mike Roberts is going to be the next, you know, you know Tony Gonzalez. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you got Tony Gonzalez, and I've been waiting for a few throwbacks from you. But um, here's the Franks, thing, though. Is that better? I, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm a Mike Roberts guy because I think he does one thing really well, and that's be a, a red zone terror like he was in college, and we even saw that in practice. He he makes plays in tight. Is he a guy that's going to split out and terrorize people route running or be the most athletic? No. I'm just pulling up Valez's stats because – so he played 11 games for Arizona, one start. He has no stats at all, no catches, no nothing. I don't even see any other oh, career stats. Let's see what this guy has because to me, you and all these other people are getting caught up that, oh, he's made a few plays. Like he kind of looks like – our best guy right now. To me, that doesn't mean that he can be, you know, a functional piece. He can maybe have a role. Like I said, they could draw up some plays for him. He could come in and be the pass catcher to some degree, but he just, I don't know. He's got good size, like six, three or six, four ish, two fifty, to only 25 years old, but he's just never done anything in the league where at least Mike Roberts in college had caught all those touchdowns. And I've seen it. You know, I just think he'll be a player you're super frustrated with where this foul is. Like, you have a lot of stock in him, and then he just – I don't see him being the guy. So, I don't know. You're – are you on the – you're cutting Mike Roberts on Grifka? The guy isn't produced. If the guy doesn't make the team, I'm not going to cry over it. <laughs> okay. That's no, a wasted wasted pick, and you only got to see him for a year when he was – and he wasn't even on the field last year. So, you're going to roll with Toy Lolo – Luke Wilson and Valez as your tight ends and be go okay with that. Okay. Well, like you said, though, I mean, you know, we already sunk a whole bunch of uh, time into Eric Ebron, you know, cause he was a first round pick and that guy, yeah, had frying pan hands, but so we're just going to hang on to a fifth round pick because we got to see the guy for one year. He's got big hands and he caught a whole bunch of touchdowns at Toledo. Okay. You know, let's, let's, you know, let's pump the brakes here on, you know, his greatness. You know, I realize, I realize nobody's saying he's great. I said he had a little role, which is a, a chain mover and a red zone guy, and you're you're talking about this him, other guy I've who's never do done zero. anything. I've seen him do zero of that so far in any preseason game, though. What have you seen, Velas? Do you saw him make a few catches this year, and now you're two set catch, on the a few guy? catches that move the chains. I'll live. <laughs> oh with, I'll live. With, I'll live with the guy moving the chains over some guy like dropping the ball. You know, we saw. Uh, hey, we saw him run laps at, at, at practice. I mean, come on. Right. I just admitted he's going to frustrate you. He's going to, he's going to, we, like, we already had a tight end who frustrated us. Okay. I, I'd rather have somebody who can catch the ball. Oh boy. Okay. Well, if, if Luke Wilson's hurt, Mike Roberts is definitely staying around. If well, he's yeah. not, then I'm keeping Wilson, Valez, and Mike. I'm keeping it. Can I keep four? Because I, I got to keep Toy Lolo as my big old blocking yeah, guy. For I mean, the most you part, can keep so. four tight ends. That's fine. I don't know, like, if they will, or but to me, like, if you don't have Toilolo, you just got your back where you have no blocking tight end, which we've seen how that worked out. Yeah. So, anyway, it's going to be a position to watch. And, uh, you know, if they cut Mike Roberts, does it, does it ruin our year? No, but I think way too early to, to quit on this guy. So, um, any cornerbacks, Grifka, that we need to talk about as far as on the bubble? Besides Nevin Lawson? Um, no, not really. I mean, I don't know if those guys that they just signed with the Moore, McDougal, you know, I don't know if those guys are going to make the team. I don't know if they've been around enough to really uh, make a difference, you know, back there on the back end. 
I mean, they're not they're not going to get rid of Tease Tabor, even though they may not be happy with his production so far. Um, they signed, you know, with Shed, so uh, I don't think they're going to get rid of him simply because, you know, they well, signed him. But, but what's uh, the deal with him? He hasn't been out there. He hasn't been practicing. Nobody will say what's up with him. Like, to me, he could be a surprise cut because I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he did something in the locker room that they didn't approve of. He's just been MIA for three weeks now. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been reading those same speculations that you've been probably reading that he's probably hurt. You know, nobody, you know, they won't speculate on what the injury is, though, if it's quad, hamstring, foot, you know, nothing like that. But the only thing I'm reading is just like, yeah, he's probably hurt. You know, it could be hurt. You know, insider says he, he's got, he's, he's a little nicked up, you know, just stuff like that. But like you said, did, did he, uh, you know, make somebody mad in the locker room? Did he shoot his mouth off when he shouldn't have? I mean, I, I don't know. But um, if, like you said, if he was cut, I can see why, because he, he doesn't have anything on tape. You know, I mean, we, we brought him in. He was supposed to be part of that Legion of Boom, but, you know, we haven't seen anything to, you know, say, hey, you, you might have been like the, uh, you know, yeah, you might have been the part of the Legion of Boom, you know, being the doorman for him or whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> to me, uh, to me, there's nobody really to, that's going to surprise me from a cut perspective, but from what I saw from Nevin Lawson this last game, like, you know, to me, when he was getting toasted and roasted and they didn't even they didn't even give Tease a chance to get out there and kind of guard up on people or see what he could do, that told me a lot. But uh, like I say, Nevin Lawson needs to be down the depth chart if he keeps that up because he was – I don't know if he was thought he was playing touch football out there or it was just – it was a practice or what, but he just had no fire, no coverage ability, no nothing. And that was disappointing. So, uh, you know, I don't think you'll see any surprises, but how they're going to shake down between those starters, I think, is something to watch. Anybody in this fourth game that can, uh, you're going to be watching intently, or that, like, you just, we already talked through a lot of names, but people that uh, you're going to be rooting for or hoping kind of have a showing this game for? I mean, I'm hoping that that Eli Harold, that he gets to play some. I would really like to see what he can do. I mean, like you said, just like I said before, just been kind of reading up on the guy to see exactly, you know, what his game is. And I'd like to see why they brought him in, you know, what they brought him in for, you know, that that's the guy I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, him getting a, him getting a number of snaps to see where he fits or if he does fit on this team. You know, I mean, we only gave up a seven, you know, seventh round pick. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see him as well. The other name we didn't talk about when we were talking about running backs, and it's the guy that I, was kind of advocating for making the team when we did the uh, the dollars and cents series was D. Wash. Dwayne Washington has been nowhere to be found. I don't even know if he has barely any carries. You know, he hasn't done anything. They don't let him return anymore. Like, and then I was reading an article or listening to something, and I think it was Amir was saying that D. Wash is not only the best athlete but the the most explosive player in the running back room. Was what he said, which again, take that for what it's worth. But he just said he's a specimen, size, speed, catch, and do it all. And like this guy's gonna be out on the street. Like we have no role for him and haven't even used him. So he's he's done. But I'd kind of like to see if he could flash in this last game, just because I liked what I saw from him his first year, and then last year he was, you know, nowhere to be found. But he seems like he's on the outs. And then have you given up on your boy Chase Billingsley, Grifka? Has that yeah. ship sailed? Yeah, he hasn't. They, either he's not getting open or he's not getting the snaps or he's just not getting the ball thrown to him. So, you know, once again, I thought we could get that little slot guy, the little shifty guy that could, uh, 
go in and make those catches and move the chains because it seemed like he when the ball was thrown to him he'd catch it. But yeah, yeah. he just hasn't got enough PT or enough balls this uh, preseason for me to want to keep him. You can get that shifty guy. His name is Brandon Powell. He's been doing it all preseason, and I'll have my eye on Keo because. Like I said, I haven't seen anything, but I think he'll get a lot of run. And if he makes a few splash plays, like, again, from what I've read and seen a little bit about him, I'm I'm ready to keep him over TJ Jones, too. Your your hatred for TJ Jones is is so funny. Hey, man. (laughs) Like, I feel like we're set with our top three wideouts, so I'd rather get some new young blood in here and people that can explosive and stretch the field rather than, like I say, TJ Jones made two plays his whole life, and that's about it. Yeah. So, hey, two plays. That's one more than your boy Odell Beckham. Whatever, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. So, uh, anything else as we kind of so we're we're we got three games down. This game four really means nothing. Anything else big you want to hit on before we move on? No, I think we've we've covered all the topics that uh, were pretty important. Okay. Well, sounds good. Well, this week we have some questions, so um, we'll fire these at you, Grifka, and we'll kind of work our way through, and then uh, we'll go ahead and get out of here and uh, get ready for uh, finishing up this week and then heading into some real football. So I got some questions. Are you ready? Yeah, this is this will be interesting. Perfect. Well, this first question comes from Odell from New York, and he wants to know, Grifka, who are your top five NFL wide receivers? God, I, I thought you meant like real questions, not like these fake ones. This is a real question. Odell from New York wants to know. Grifka, hit hit him up. Yeah. Tell him, let him know. Top five. Yeah. Um, I guess I would take uh, over over your boy with the with the new contract. I would take Julio Jones, AJ Green, um, Antonio Brown, Mari Cooper, um, DeAndre Hopkins. I would take those five. If I was to continue, who I would take, you know, above him, um, I would take. I played. I, I played. Uh, you know, backyard football with this guy named Kenny. He could catch. I would take him. Um, I was watching this Pop Warner football game recently, and this little boy named Billy. He could catch the ball. I would take him over Odell. Um, do you want me to continue? <laughs> well, uh, it's just it's just funny to me because uh, Odell from New York. I got your back here because um, you know Grifka's stated his hatred for OBJ out and for the Giants and uh, this guy seemed to just get mad money so I don't think they give that kind of money to people that make one catch as you've stated many a times uh, probably yeah, has a pretty good track record if he's yeah. getting uh, he'll, 20 he'll, million a year yeah when he when he's injured again picking up his paycheck yeah he'll be worth it <laughs> okay well uh, before we move on to our next question right here in the fine print of this email it says uh Hey, Grifka, tell me how my bleep tastes, signed Odell. So, I don't know. He had a little uh, – that wasn't really a question, more of a comment, but I guess uh, threw that in. So, I, I don't know Odell, but uh, that was a good question to get us off the bat. So, question number two, Grifka, we have uh, Matt from Allen Park. He wants to know mechanical or number two pencils. <laughs> well, me? I always like the mechanical ones. They just write what? better. <laughs> mechanical pencils are the worst. They, I don't even know why. Some, they, some, what's the point? Give me the – what's the advantage? It seems like a stupid invention. Stupid invention to me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. They write so much nicer. 
what, what's with the replacing of the lead, the stupid button on the side that never works when you need it to? I mean, it just it makes no sense. There was nothing wrong with the wood pencil for us to go to a, what's deemed a mechanical pencil, which or, to me is or like just, when or like when the lead is not not in there perfectly, and you go to sharpen it, and all you do is sharpen down the wood, and that's like coming out the side. It's just like, <laughs> what is this, man? Or of like the you, wood pencil? Yeah, like where the I thought you were talking about. With a mechanical, when you like go to write and it just breaks, and then you go to write again, it just breaks. Well, that's because you keep... you're 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 exposing too much of the lead. Yeah, it, you know you're supposed to go, you know, just a tiny bit. You don't, you know, drag out the whole uh, the whole you know length of the of the lead that you put in there. Uh, I think again, terrible. Uh, just stick with the number twos. The wood never will do you wrong, and you don't have to mess around with the lead replacements. Just get to that sharpener before you run out of uh, of pencil. And I have a odd feeling that Matt and Alan Park likes the wood pencil as well. Right. So uh, the third question we have here, Grifka, is from a gentleman named Titus. He's coming us from us uh, the L.A. County Jail. It says so. I don't know if this was his one one email. I mean, maybe they give one email, like one phone call or something. And it says, "Why do the Lions miss on so many second rounders over the years?" <laughs> That's obviously one of those things that they're uh, trying to be the smartest man in the room, you know, and uh, trying to prove it's like you guys all missed something. That's all I can figure on how they miss on second rounders like that because. They're, I mean, they're not just whiffing where the guy's like, well, yeah, he, you know, the guy's supposed to be a starter and, you know, possible, you know, pro bowler, you know, one maybe Hall of Famer. These guys are like not even journeymen. You know, they don't even turn into journeymen. They're like, they're here for the rookie contract. They get cut before their fifth year and they're gone. You know, like nobody else picks them up. It's just, uh, I, I don't know how that happens, but that, I think that's got to be some of the, you know, we're smarter than these guys and they just totally whiff on these people. So our final question, Grifka, this, uh, this comes from Charles in Phoenix, and Charles wants to know, well, actually, I don't know, I'm looking at it, this isn't really a question. He says, uh, hey, fellas, uh, not really a question, but I thought your last show was absolutely terrible. <laughs> Charles, that's a terrible question. Get that out of here. <laughs> We're never, never reading from this guy again. I don't even know. I'd probably fight him if he was here. But uh, we we definitely don't need you. Yeah, but you your... might you might be able to beat him in a game of one on ones. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, I don't know Charles personally, but I, if he can play basketball, I mean, I'm sure I could beat him, especially if it was like a champion. I take him out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, a couple like uh, questions. We appreciate the uh, listeners, uh, Odell, Matt out there, Titus and Charles for uh, chiming in this week. We appreciate that. And Grifka, we are basically like a week and a half away from real football, man. Uh, what I thought we'd do is just cue the people up for the next podcast and get the heck out of here. So, um, you know, we are, again, game is tomorrow when people are listening to this. So it'll probably be game day for the Lions, game four. You know, not too much to watch, but I can't wait for those cuts to come out. Those will be interesting. We've already went through them. And uh, we're going to have more details next week. I, Griff, I was making the list this week. I have like a notebook page and a half of stuff for the tailgate, both everything from grill to food to stereo to all the Kool-Aid stuff we'll be bringing down there. So it's going to be big. We'll have a little more details. If anybody wants to swing through or say what's up, we'll be out there. It's going to be just a total blast. Griff, I think it's going to be the first ever all day, maybe all night tailgate. 
I think we're going to be down there in the morning and we won't be leaving there till late uh, in the morning of the next day. How about that? That's going to be good. That's going to be a long day, man. Oh, it, it couldn't be better, though. I mean, we'll probably, yeah. me and you will have to fight a couple times probably by the time the day's out. But other than that, uh, it should be good. Yeah, it'll be a great time. Looking forward to it. <laughs> um, so next week we'll have a huge Jets preview. We'll be talking all about that game. It was just announced today that Sam Darnold is the starter for the New York Jets, and they traded Teddy Bridgewater. So we'll be all over that and kind of be breaking down offense, defense, what we expect, and then cannot wait until that is over and the Lions have whooped their tail and get to do a review after a real game. That's going to be incredible. So look forward to that. Uh, Grifka, any parting shots or anything uh, anything else you want to tell the people? Just keep drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Should be a good year. Absolutely. Drinking in, everybody, and hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Give us a rate and review. Share it with a friend. Tell somebody else that loves the Lions to check out this podcast. We've been growing uh, each and every day and month. We've been doing this thing. We really love it, and uh, we thank all you guys for reaching out. So keep it up, and uh, Detroit Kool-Aid signing out, everybody. Enjoy game four. Cannot wait for Monday Night Football. We'll check you all next week. Drink it in, man.